0: when I was seven years old.
1: Welcome to Go Additive, where your hosts combine their real-world, professional 3D printing experience to deliver valuable opinions that will help you peer behind the curtain of the additive industry. And now, Go Engineer's own Tyler Reed and Tate Brown. Oh, man. You're bringing the energy this morning. I've got my Red Bull cracked open already. You you were energetic before you opened that. I'm primed and ready. I know, I can tell. <clears throat> well, I like to bring it. I'm a morning person. Are you? Yeah. Really? I am. Would not have guessed that by the time... Wow. The time you roll late. in here day to day, I would have never guessed that you were a morning person.
0: It's passive-aggressive, <laughs> but
1: Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am.
0: And I'm usually, I'm cooking. Mm-hmm. By the time I get here, I'm fired up and ready to go. I'm cooking in this room. It feels great. I hate this room. I hate this room. I actually like the room. It's just always hot. They like plumbed all the heat
1: directly. It's one of those rooms that, like, we haven't been in this building for a full season, right? And in the summertime, it was actually pretty okay. And then as we started to use the heater more, this room started getting hotter and hotter.
0: It's like a little sauna.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: So everyone that's listening to this, just know Tyler likes it. He's like a little lizard on a
1: heat rock. I hate it. I do it all for you. I'm a simple man. (laughs) Just put me on a a sun-baked rock (laughs) and let me just lounge. Just bathe? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we haven't been here for a while. I know. There's been a lot happening in the news. We're not going to cover it all. No, there's no way. No way. However, I have the most important news story. Okay. Leading with the big one. So, you know how we always make fun of 3D printed houses? Yes. (laughs) They're getting a lot of grip right now (laughs) in the news. And someone brings to me and drops to me a newspaper. An a actual fi- physical newspaper <laughs> on my desk. Like, I haven't seen one of these in years. Yeah. Front page. Yeah. 3D printed house. Utah. Oh, my. Oh, my. As I read the story and the caption on the picture, Netherlands. <laughs>
1: it's
0: not even here, of yeah. course. And basically, the gist of their story was it could become a real thing. Um, what they was- cited home rising home prices and construction costs yeah um they're saying it can be operated with as little as a three-man crew and yeah basically just saying and to their credit in the picture the home that they they put on there is almost a hundred percent 3d printed (coughs) so it's one of the
1: homes that's probably just built on a slab and they print the walls
0: you can't even see the foundation in this picture. Okay. So I'm not saying it's not printed on a slab. I'm just saying they may have even printed the foundation because this is just a full-on prototype. Yeah. But either way, it was annoying because we <laughs> were you like, can't yeah. escape it. Well, in, in like some of my training to our new salespeople that come on board, mm-hmm. they'll ask me to go teach them just like a high-level 3D printing course. And like a crash course, mm-hmm. and on one of my slides is a 3D printed house. I was like, this is what 3D printing is not. I use it, <laughs> I use it as an example of like just don't get caught up in this because it's yeah. it's like it is real, it's super real, and it, it is exciting, and I can get why people grasp onto it, but it feels so gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Still, however, yeah. keep your eye. On Austin, Texas. That's the main gist of the story. Keep your eye on Austin, Texas, because that's where I think they're planning to put a 1,000 units in. Wow. And we will see the long-term sustainability of a project like this. Um, What do you mean by that? We can see, one, how long these things last, how they age, Mm -hmm. um, whether or not they're safe, whether or not printing in bulk let's say like a full neighborhood i mean here in utah houses are going up by the thousands right yeah every day yeah and they're crammed together it's a perfect opportunity for like a mass quote unquote mass manufactured home because they basically have like three or four four floor plans or homes yep and they build an entire
1: subdivision of those homes and there's usually four or five homes at various phases of construction. Yeah. Uh, and the crews just move from home to home to home. And so the timing of it is worked out pretty well. Where you have, they got the excavators come in and dig the hole for the basement. Mm-hmm. Directly behind them, concrete guys come in for foundation. And then they put up forms and do the basement walls. And then they go on to the next house. Framers come in, start putting up uh, joists for floors and walls. And then they move on to the next house. And uh, each one of those jobs doesn't take all that long. Like, no. Framing is done within a couple weeks, I would say. Yeah, framing is like the fastest stage. But as you have the framers in there, you also have electricians in there running electrical. You have roofers jumping in and doing the roofs. So uh, the system works pretty well, and they build houses very quickly. Yeah. And they're much bigger than all of these 3D-printed houses. Way
0: bigger. So these things are like, I want to say, they're, I haven't seen one over 1,500 square feet. Yeah. And most of the homes we're talking about
1: are probably 25 to 3,500 square feet. And I think that a trend that you're seeing in the Austin uh, communities, where you actually have a little bit less 3D printing and more conventional or other types of unconventional uh, construction, like the uh, shipping containers, you'll see more of a mixture like less full 3D printing. Does that make sense? Like the Netherlands house, that house was, it looked like it was probably 90% printed. The walls. Yeah. And it really was just the roof structure where the newer Austin communities, they're mixed materials, Mm -hmm. right? You have printed, you have containers, you have or things that are made to look like containers.
0: Yeah, I don't think they actually have containers though. Oh man, I have to remember. We
1: can't escape. We can't escape it. And the world is just going to brute force it to become a thing, and I think it will be a thing for a little while, and then we'll move on to the next thing. Honestly, that's my prediction. I hope it works. I hope this Austin, Texas thing works out. Yeah, I'm not a pessimist. It's not like I I look at it and think, oh, I don't want that to work. I despise it. I just.
0: I think you and I are on the same page it's yeah. we know it's a ways off and it's a it's a lofty goal, and it's annoying because it's catching all the headlines and there's way cooler things going on, yeah like three d printed eyeballs yeah that <laughs> well, yeah, I could go on, but let's just let's just keep,
1: why don't you tell us a little
0: on. bit about this three d printed eyeball you brought I, it up I put this on
1: the list earlier because it. <laughs> It made major news all through the world. It was... It was. So do
0: 3D printed houses.
1: I know. But at least it's using a Why real... Why do you seem
0: so ashamed now? When you brought it I'm up not, earlier, it was the coolest not thing ashamed. since
1: sliced bread. I'm not ashamed. The story is a guy in the UK who has needed a prosthetic eye for 20-something years, got a new eye... That is a 3D printed eyeball.
0: Let and me it ask matches, you this. Yeah,
1: well, go ahead. Sorry. It matches his real eye better than any other prosthetic he's, he's been able to have. And so it so has he an hasn't immediate, needed one for the last
0: 20 years. He's had one. It yeah, just wasn't one. good enough.
1: No, he needed one and he had one. He's needed, okay. He's needed one. Okay. All right. And. When you hear him talk about how he has to look into the mirror before he leaves the house and double check if his eye, what his eye looks like, and it hits his self-image negatively every day. And this prosthetic eye gives him a better sense of self-worth. It improves his self-image. It makes an immediate impact to his quality of life. And it's enabled by 3D printing. It's cool. We've talked about these 3D-printed eyes in the past. Do you remember us talking about WETA, WETA Workshop in New Zealand? And there was that woman who was an intern at WETA, and she was using the Stratasys PolyJet machine to design and print these amazing-looking eyeballs. Do yeah. you remember this? Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, yeah, so similar, very similar. Uh, they are printed on PolyJet system, so you have color capabilities plus transparencies these ones in particular were designed using a module in cuttlefish cuttlefish is a software program that is run on top of grabcad's voxel print tool so i don't you haven't used voxel print because it's difficult oh wow thanks I too difficult. No, for no, Tate. no, 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 no. It's not. It is too <laughs> difficult for all of us. Like I got my hands on it a couple of years ago, and I was messing around with it. Oh, so, so so
0: can since you can't do it, nobody can do it. Yes. When, what? What?
1: <laughs> a son of a gun. <laughs> okay. Imagine this. Trying to keep it PG here. Imagine this. Okay. You have to develop. You have to create a JPEG image. For every slice in the model and that JPEG image has to be the exact resolution of your model. And each pixel represents one of the seven materials that we have available to us. And so you have to build up multi-material models through a series of JPEG images. Does that make sense? and you're mixing materials by adjusting the ratio of pixels. Does it sound easy to you? Sounds annoying. Yeah, but Cuttlefish- Sounds like you need a good reason to use it. Cuttlefish, yeah, you do. And Cuttlefish automates it. It's, it's a very expensive software tool, but it automates the creation of those
0: uh, oh, slice cool. files. So it makes it s- so someone like you or me could use it. Yeah, we could. We could.
1: <laughs> but you, you have to have a reason. And we don't really have a reason, which is why we really didn't pursue it. Gotcha. It's expensive software.
0: Well, let me ask you something. Yeah. Off topic. I gave a YouTube video, a YouTube of the week, a few weeks back about modular homes. Uh huh. Or prefabricated homes. Do you remember the guy's name? Prefabricated homes. Matt Farrell. No, Matt Reisinger. No. No, that's the guy who did the tour of the Austin 3D printed house. Yeah. Matt, so, Matt Farrell, isn't he the car guy? No, he is undecided. Oh, okay. Undecided with Matt Farrell. Okay. And he talks 3D printed houses. I do not know why I brought this up, but I'm You're obsessed. You're coming back to 3D printed houses. Well. You
1: can't do this.
0: I, okay, when we're talking <laughs> sustainability and just like repeatability in terms of building. Yeah, 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 yeah. 3d printing i think what will be adopted prior to 3d printing are these i didn't realize how big of a deal these were i was introduced to the concept from this youtube video of these prefab houses Mm -hmm. right like when you think prefab or modular home typically you're thinking like a double wide like a trailer park home why do you have to say it like that that is what it is It could be put anywhere. It doesn't have to be in a trailer park. How many people put double wides? There's in a, a s- higher percentage of double wides in a trailer park, but I'm just saying, like, you, I've seen them. I've seen them out on a regular In a lot. suburban neighborhood? No. No. Let's like, not go here. <laughs> okay. Let's not go here. Okay. So typically, most people are thinking prefabricated. It's coming with, yeah. with wheels. It does and have this negative house.
1: connotation to it. To
0: you? No,
1: prefab. It's Historically, up. Uh, yeah,
0: Historically. Yeah. Historically, it's been a lower quality. quality. I'm, I'm kidding, but yes, exactly. So I was introduced to this concept of these walls and these, these rooms and things being built off-site. Yeah. And then basically puzzle piece together from him. And just the other day, I had a friend reach out to me, and we were talking about these prefab homes. And she tells me, yeah, my friend is obsessed with those things. They want to buy one off Amazon. What? What? that's exactly what i thought it's like you're kidding me these are available so click it in no Amazon, sure enough there's kits that you can buy for 30 40 50 grand and these are nice homes oh my god and they look beautiful they're super modern they're very i think they capture my imagination i wonder if these are amazon fba just drop ship it's prime dude get it in two days honestly though i have no Clue, but I've, I've seen a few. I've seen them up to like 4,000 square feet, almost yeah. like dream home type prefabs. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the idea, and I think, and I have bias here because it's the way I think, but I think those would be adopted prior to 3D printed homes. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Why do you say it like that? Because it just makes sense. Why? Like the economics of it makes sense. You are establishing a manufacturing facility that specializes in manufacturing certain components and it's done in mass. So you get economies of scale and you can construct things indoors, ship them on site, have less, quote unquote, less skilled labor to put them together. Apparently, you know, if you can buy a kit, they're trusting homeowners to do it, or... They probably have partners that they contract uh, with. A homeowner could act as a GC or something like Mm -hmm.
0: that. I doubt that, but...
1: Um, The idea (laughs) makes a lot more sense than creating this giant three-axis concrete 3D printer, moving it on site, you know? Well, at the end of the day,
0: a prefab is still a stick house. It's yeah. still two by fours. It's still traditional building materials. Yeah. And you could say you could remodel it right. in a similar way. And who knows I what Homelenders are going to do.
1: That's a good question. Um, but put one of these 3D printed houses anywhere north of Oklahoma. And you're going to have to do stick built on the inside of those concrete walls anyway to insulate them.
0: I don't know. Maybe those three D printed homes have channels. I can't air, believe big we, air pockets, we came back and you could fill this. them with foam. Maybe I, just, I think maybe. this is important. <laughs> I think this is important. Whether or not it's important to everyone else, I don't know. Maybe where people want to, you know, pull their eyeballs out by now. Watch,
1: but. watch these episodes become the most popular, and we have to become a three D printed house channel. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I'd quit. <laughs> not only yeah, not only are we talking 3D
0: printed houses, we're talking about how 3D printing probably isn't the right option in so many
1: ways. So in well, so many instances. But hey, in in one instance, if you're a bespoke home builder in Austin, Texas, it's probably the right way to go. Who knows? I'm just giving them a benefit of the doubt. But you can buy a home on Amazon, huh? Yep. Kit, kit house. Yeah, kit house. And 40 or 50
0: grand. And it's not a tiny home? Uh, no. They're like 1500 square feet. You can buy ones that are like I I want to say like 500 square feet, like pretty tiny.
1: That's a bedroom. That's a large I bedroom.
0: have a friend that lives in a house that's around 500 square feet and it's wow. It's got a couple bedrooms. <laughs> yeah. It's a small house, but oh, yeah. but definitely it's, it's livable. Yeah. Right. I like all it. Right. I think it's cool. Anyway, this isn't the point of our entire conversation. we, we it's side been ra- hijacked. Yeah, we side-railed. My bad. It's okay. You wanted to talk about a very exciting thing that happened in the 3D printing industry just recently, the biggest thing of all, the, the biggest. biggest, the biggest show of them all, which yeah. is what they all say. It actually is true. But this one's true because this is where manufacturers tend to
1: release new equipment, right? Uh, it's very common, yeah. So we're talking about the Formnex trade show. It's in Frankfurt, Germany. But even though it's overseas, like half the exhibitors are considered international attendees or uh, exhibitors. So a lot of the partners that we work with that are based here in the States were there. And they send their largest booths very large teams, their best parts, and these large OEMs are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to exhibit there. When you when you bring in like the cost of the trade show setup and shipping and airplane tickets and hotels and everything, it's mul- multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars to exhibit at these shows. And so they treat it very seriously. They usually go out a week ahead of time, and then the show is four days long, and then you have to break it down. It's it's a big effort, and for like a partner like Exact Metal, which was there, they use that as the opportunity to uh, release or announce new products. So there's tons of new products at Formnext. Um, exact Metal did release or announce a new product that. I'm excited for. We have their XM200C. They announced one that's called the XM200G, which is actually a galvanometer uh run system. So, it's laser powder bed fusion or DMLS, same as we have here in the lab. But this one could be a dual laser galvo system, so print times could be 30 to 60% faster, and I've seen some time studies and it's pretty compelling.
0: Yeah. Can you explain the difference between the Galvel system and what we have now?
1: So what we have now is set up like a a laser cutter, a CO2 laser cutter, where you have an XY belt-driven gantry with a series of mirrors that take a fiber laser beam and shoot it in X and Y, and eventually that last mirror shoots it straight down in Z. And so you're kind of limited by the the speed of the gantry you can only move that mirror so quickly because you're battling like motor inertia and um, acceleration and deceleration rates and things like that so it's speed limited for that reason and a galvanometer is essentially a mirror that just pivots in in multiple axes just very quickly so it's not moving through x y space it's just very quickly pivoting or rotating
0: can that affect build quality where your laser, now your beam width is kind of, it's
1: angled and changes shape. Like it becomes more oval Yeah, and it, circular. It can, you know, it's a function of largely the distance of the build plane from the right. laser. So the Z distance, the, the farther the Z distance, the higher the angle of incidence could be. Also the XY space that you're targeting down mm-hmm. there so if you keep it tight in Z and tight in X and Y, as far as your build area, then you can, um, you can avoid some of that ovaling of your spot. And then also they have an option that's a, of a different lens. It's called an F theta lens that helps keep the shape round. Yeah. So for a build size that's just under six inches square and, then a, and an F theta lens, you're not going to see much degradation. Awesome. So I'm excited for that. And there's, there's a ton of other machines. There was one cool one from Nexa 3D, which is like a dual DLP and uh, SLA machine where they do DLP to cure the bulk of the shape, and then they trace it. In, oh, yeah. You were telling me about this. In SLA. So uh, imagine like a computer monitor, like, like this thing here. We have this little 8-bit sword laying against the oh, uh, yeah. and so it's anti-aliased right like if you're on a diagonal you're actually steps and a dlp is like that now you have 4k and 8k resolution dlp monitor uh mm-hmm. systems yep and that higher resolution masks that it just shrinks aliasing yeah um but it's still there
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it does affect surface quality shrinks to some degree squares i should say yeah, if I'm trying to be technical. Pixels, tiny pixels. <laughs> so if you take that and then you trace it with a laser, you know you're actually smoothing that out. Yeah, it's um so like that's that's what it's cool. It's it's cool, but is it really going to make a big difference? I don't know. I'd don't, have to see parts. I mean, with DLP, the resin kind of
0: smooths itself on the exterior walls anyway. Yeah. So You're, you're not going to get a square. Like you're not going to have a knurled cylinder if you print a cylinder sure. in
1: 4K resolution. Sure. Once it comes we, out. We years. know that the DLP surface quality is already very, very good. And, but if we, if we held up an SLA part versus a DLP part, it almost would depend on the resin, like which one looks better. I would think, but they're doing it both in one, which is cool, but it's definitely by definition, a small, small step improvement. It's an incremental improvement. There was actually, I didn't put this on our list, but there was a company called Foundry Labs that just came out of stealth this week. They raised 8 million. Is this the microwave? Know? Yeah. Okay. Microwave oven. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about what they're doing. This, they, they're pretty vague. They're very. They vague. make it sound easy. They make it sound easy. My spidey sense is tingling. Uh, I don't know the adjective, but it, <laughs> I'm put on high alert when I'm reading these. You know, I I was totally skeptical when I was reading about it. I'll watch it closely because it is interesting, and and what they say is like we can build complex metal parts in a day, because I think that. What I suspect is that they're doing some sort of printed mold. It, which is exactly what they're doing. They, they state that. Okay. Um, or they're
0: using a traditional mold that holds the powder. They uh-huh. microwave it, and it takes the shape of the mold. Yeah. We'll see. Foundry Labs. I think they're in New Zealand. I think it's cool. What I don't like is in the article that I read... It talks about we don't need 3D printing, we don't yeah. need this, that, the other, yeah. we don't need these complex things, and then at the end of the article, it's like, all we do is use a 3D printed mold and this, that, the <laughs> other, and all these things they said they didn't use,
1: Yeah, they do use. It's pretty interesting, and, and in every article that I saw, they mentioned that they were actively hiring like some pretty key positions, you know what I mean? <laughs> So I don't know, but they, they got some money, so they were able to convince some people that they're onto a good idea. And you never know. I'll watch. I'll be watching that. It could be the start of the end for three D printing. <laughs> they they. It sounds to me like they still need it. So yeah, yeah. They they weren't at uh, Form Next, and I'm probably not going to talk too much more about Form Next, but it's exciting. You know, it's the show has grown quite a bit in the six six years that it's been around. I know this isn't why we're here to talk about form next,
0: but can you explain why manufacturers are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to be so remote, or not remote, but so far away from home?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I mean, I can't imagine people just off
1: the streets are walking into this thing. People come. People come and see the show, but you have to remember it's it's in the it's in Frankfurt, Germany. And so, who's gonna send their people out? Like, say the the Boeing's of the world or
0: these other yeah. companies that that have people that are looking at new technology. Like, hey, we need the latest and greatest. We want sure. we're on the knife's edge of of technology. They're not gonna send five guys to Germany. The, our, our, I'm I'm not speaking for Boeing in particular. I'm just saying yeah. like these big companies. Why would they? Sp- why would they send people
1: over there? Our perception of it is probably a little skewed, being that we're based in the U.S., and we have shows that are not quite as large but equivalent, I would say, in many ways. So I wouldn't imagine many American companies are sending people overseas. But any anybody in all of the European market, I would say Eastern European market into Middle East, even maybe probably some Asian uh, organizations might send people. Gotcha. But it, for example, I was at um aerodev slash West Tech at the same time Formnext was happening. And it was a decent show, but many of the m- exhibitors that were in Formnext were also at this show, it's just in a much smaller capacity because they were happening simultaneously. You would have loved that show. It was in Long Beach, and it's a it's a broad manufacturing show. So they had Mitutoyo and Nikon and um, a lot of um, machine tool manufacturers. So like track was there, and Fanic was there. Um, a lot of tooling manufacturers were there. You would have you would have liked it, but you were at it. W- it's sort of like a FabTech, gotcha, but not quite as big. And then a, a lot of 3D printing focus as well. So what but you're saying, one is, thing I just I have to mention this: <laughs> you're you're walking the booths of these trade shows, and some things are just so cool, right? Like you go to the Fanuc uh, booth and you see these six-axis robots, and they're moving at lightning speed, and they have machine vision, and they're crazy. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then you have people sitting at a little table booth, two-person booth, and you know they have on display what they sell, and it's like ducting. It is so boring, and I can't imagine those people just sitting there hoping They're that someone's picking gonna, up the scraps. Someone's talk wants to come talk to them about ducting, but it's an important part of the whole puzzle, you know. But it's so boring. Drill sharpeners.
0: Aren't you glad you never <laughs> you drill never sharpeners? Sit at one of
1: those boots booths. I would. I wouldn't do it. I'd, I wouldn't do it. I'd go talk to these other booths and be like, "Do you guys need like any help, like expertise or something?" I know I know a lot about drill sharpeners, but uh, I'm willing to start fresh if you just let me work with some robots. I do
0: feel I'll that clean the robots. I don't know why you brought that up, but I I it does make me a little sad because yeah, the shows that I've been to, you have the mega guys mm-hmm. and you got the little guys mm-hmm. and. They're just so excited when you stop by. Yeah. Like they've got some bubble yum on, on the counter to try got, and lure a couple people right. in. They've got
1: that one candy mix where it's like <laughs> don't, Hershey's. Don't,
0: don't do this. Don't. <laughs>
1: yeah, the standard Halloween bag yeah. candy. Yeah. Yeah. You want a
0: ballpoint pen? <laughs> well, we don't have probably enough time to get into our other subject, so maybe we'll save it for the next pod. All right. What do you think?
1: Let's quickly just talk about it.
0: You want to? We got to make.
1: Yeah. We got. We got. You want to round this out? So we were. We started to go down this path yesterday where we were talking about learning new software. And we were sort of reminiscing about your experience of diving into the music production, you know, <laughs> Which and Which we've like, talked about before a little yeah, bit. Yeah. We've talked about it before. So y- you start to figure out, okay, there's software tools out here, et cetera, et cetera. And suddenly you're sitting in front of a computer that's running software that big-time record labels and music producers, music producers are using. Yeah. Like you're using the same software as Kygo. Dr. Or Dre. Dr. Dre or Deadmau5. And you're like, I can do anything. And then you actually sit down and you're like, uh, I'm not talented enough. To do this but it but it lights something inside of you knowing like there's that potential well and you you brought up the point you brought
0: up that i thought was so interesting was you're like did you feel didn't you ask like did you feel like yeah. you could do anything when you were in that program yeah i don't think people feel like that with cad i did is say what, that is what you said yeah Cause that's kind of what started the conversation. We were talking about the complexities of CAD and, and that sort of thing. And then we started talking about the video editor, um, that you had recommended. Yeah. And we, we have a pretty basic video editor here. We have access to when we're doing content, that sort of thing. Right. And you recommended to me a better one, a more industrial free Da Vinci resolve. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was just like, ah, I was kind of bummed out about it. That's what started this whole thing because I'm like, I don't have time to start diving into this. And then that's what brought up the music thing because it's like when I was watching the YouTube videos on the how-to to to, like try and create some of the beats and the music for the intro for this podcast, I was like, this is awful.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm
0: watching a YouTube video of Dr. Dre come in, use this for never seeing (laughs) it before in his life. Yeah. And it just shows how brilliant he is for one. For two, it's like, there's a huge background understanding that these people have of music composition. They know how it all flows. They know how it goes together. They understand beats per minute. They know all this stuff. And so when he comes into it, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And he (laughs) just starts putting things together. And he's like, all right, I'm going to mix the whole thing this way. And then he just changes everything. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. You watch that and you're dumb enough to think I could do that. Well, absolutely. (laughs) I was thinking, dude, this is going to be so easy. Like Dr. Dre just goes in there and he made the sickest beat in like three minutes. I've so been there. I can do this in in 15 or 30, right? 15 Uh or 30 minutes. And I get in there and I start messing with things. And like I wiped out a whole song. Like it was like a. You know when a little kid plays on one of those Fisher-Price pianos? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then I messed it all up. I had something going, you know, for right. a second, and then I messed it all up.
1: So the question is, like, do people, when they first sit in front of their CAD tool and they learn that, oh, man, such-and-such such company uses SolidWorks or such-and-such such company uses Fusion 360, do they have a similar feeling? And I think no, because there's not like these superstar designers really out there. But you brought up a good point that maybe the answer is yes. And I'm overlooking some people.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the the people that comes to mind is uh, Jason. What was his last name? Bond? Pole. 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 That's it. Jason Pole. P-O-H-L. Yeah. Right. This is the guy who was on um, Orange County Choppers yeah. with Paul Senior and Junior yeah, and yeah. yelling at each other. That show, he was the kid that was in the background designing everything in SolidWorks. Yeah, you know they'd give him probably five minutes an episode or a couple, maybe not even that long, and he would kind of walk through. Okay, here's our our basic layout for this. Yeah, this uh, motorcycle. And I and when you brought up the stars, you know. I remember being like, dude, that's the program I've used yeah. in high school. Because yeah. when I was probably 16 or 17, I was in a CAD course in high school. And when you moved past AutoCAD, you got into SolidWorks. And I remember seeing that and being like, oh, dude, this is amazing. <laughs> like, You can do so many cool things. Uh-huh. And I remember using SolidWorks in high school, and it was very basic. It was like carving a bar of soap. Yeah. You know, you would come up with this this basic shape and then you'd start cutting away at it. Yeah. Cause that's how your brain thinks. Right. You haven't learned to make something from the ground up really. So you start with a chunk and you, you think about if this was physically in front of me and I had to make it, how would I do it? Yeah. Yeah. How would I make a Pinewood Derby car on a scroll saw? Yeah, exactly. Take your block of wood and start carving away at it. Right. Mm hmm. So mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I do think people look at CAD that way and but I don't think if you've used CAD and have that background understanding it's that intimidating like to move from package to package to package
1: I think maybe I didn't have that feeling personally because I didn't use SolidWorks until college and really no one was out there using it like on tv shows and stuff like that and then I started using it at work, and it's just like, okay, this is the program you're going to use. Draw this stupid thing. And so I never got that same introduction. I missed it. You didn't think it was cool? I didn't think it was that cool.
0: I think that's what happens to people who learn it in college. Yeah. And even nowadays where it's so, I think it's awesome. And I think people respect it. I think when people find out, oh, you can do 3D CAD, like they're like, oh, that's cool, and they want to talk about it and learn more, even if they're engineers and don't use it. But I think when they teach engineers SolidWorks in college, yeah. And it's just it's,
1: a class or two classes, anything you learn in college is completely soured for the rest of your life. You'll you'll never
0: you think don't of see it the it same as way.
1: A tool to help further yourself in your
0: career, you're just like, oh, "I got to get these credits."
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
0: And yeah.
1: So on the next episode, I'll share my story about my phone call with another uh, <laughs> famous, famous fabricator Yes, that did actually use SolidWorks on the that's show. a nice tease. They did use SolidWorks on their show at one point, but uh, that got them into a little bit of trouble. All right. I'm yeah. excited
0: to hear about this.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's
0: all we have time for today.
1: Yep. That's it. It's a short one, short and sweet, and uh, we can no longer promise that we'll do this next week because things get crazy towards the end of the year. Yeah. We'll do our best. We got it. We got it. Okay? Okay, see ya.